Hey, how are you? Carm here, and I've assembled a panel to talk about ghosting. Now, it's a term that describes when a new hire does not show for the job. It's been going on for years and is more prevalent than ever. I'm sure it's happened to you, and you're going to learn of my panel's hard knocks experience and ideas on how to minimize ghosting. Now, here's a taste. Uh, the, the days leading up to it, you know, if you set up their, their future space, you know, like to send them a text message and kind of get them as engaged and as involved, even they're at a different, you know, at their current job and then they're winding that down, you know, make them as uh, feel as part of the, of the team, as part of the family as possible, as soon as possible. Welcome automotive aftermarketers to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Yo, so glad to welcome you to Academy Episode 101. We're talking ghosting, a very common issue when new job candidates do not show up for their new job. We drill down into some ways to diminish the occurrence. These long-form aftermarket webinars are there for your edification because of the support from great aftermarket companies that support the show. Carm Capriato here thanking Jasper Engines and Transmissions for the support of the Town Hall Academy. You know, performance and reliability, that's what Jasper's remanufactured diesels provide mile after mile. The running completed engines are dynamometer tested with horsepower and torque ratings recorded. There's a nationwide warranty included too. Talk about dependable service. JasperEngines.com And thanks to RepairPail. You know, shops find that an unbiased estimate helps educate consumers and shifts the conversation from price to quality. The RepairPail Fair Price Estimator widget can add this value to your website and provide an SEO boost. Go to RepairPail.com slash shops. Hey, use the podcast to engage with the talk that's on the street. And don't forget, we broadcast the Town Hall Academy live on Facebook each Friday at 12 noon Eastern. You can catch it live or, as always, repurposed each week as a podcast and video. Get the talking points and my guests' bios for this Town Hall Academy at remarkableresults.biz slash A101. Please check out the books page on the website. I'm always adding to it. These are the books that my guests talk about in their interviews. Remember, leaders are readers, and you'll be better for it. Hey, now visit with Jonathan Ortiz from Foreign Affairs Auto in West Palm Beach, Florida, Carlos Abuco from Sills Complete Auto Care Center in Oakville, Ontario, and Peter Foreman from Integra Tire, Langley, British Columbia. You know, with ghosting, you're always wondering what you did wrong to have a new hire not show for the job offered. So for many, you are always improving your HR recruitment process. We'll provide some great ideas and solutions to minimize ghosting for you. We talk red carpet, culture, branding, and clear and tight communication. I guarantee you'll be overwhelmed with the discussion. Now, ghosting, minimizing new hire no-shows. Hey guys, ghosting. Who would have thought that at this moment in time in our industry, we'd be talking about all these no-shows that we have? And what I want to do is I want to nail into a lot about what's going on with it and, and how we can maybe specifically resolve some of it. I don't think it's going to go away. By saying that, Carlo, when when you're when you're getting people that aren't showing, Carlo, I mean, is there a specific age group? Have you been able to target down, you know, who who who's in that group? Most of the time, it, you know, we always talk millennials, um, but most of the time it's, it's um, young entry-level positions, so our, our apprentices, 
your shop assistants, your junior service advisors, because um, they're typically that age bracket, um, sort of mid twenties to I'm going to say mid to late thirties um, age bracket. Sort of depends on where they uh, where they've come from. That's typically the ones that I've had my experience where they've uh, they've done the uh, ghosting and and disrupted the interview process. How does it make you feel when you um, finally get through? And um, did you ever feel like you did something wrong? I think it's frustrating. Um, It's part of the process is is going through. And as an owner, you're spending a significant amount of time generating the ad, managing the calls, doing the interviews, and then to have them disappear during the process is going Um, through after several solid good conversations just disappear. You get frustrated. You're, in my case, my personal situation, it's a, what did I do wrong? Um, where did I drop the ball here? Um, during and the then process, you know, um, the honest fact is solid, I spent a lot of time con- here. You know, how many other people did I, did I let go that I could have picked up on? So yeah, it's, it's a frustration. Peter, same thing with you. Are, 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 you, um, are you over some of the ghosting that's happened to you? Yeah, I've only had it a couple of times, but same with Carlo, right? It is frustrating. And you first look to yourself, um, what did I do wrong? And there's probably things that we can do. And I think we're going to talk about some solutions here today or things that we've learned to stop it from happening. But um, yeah, it it you go back and you look at, okay, where did the process go that went wrong and how did I do it? In reality, I think that sometimes the, the person that didn't show up, they probably had a little bit of integrity that they could have put into, you know, making the process a little better of them deciding not to come work for us. But, but sometimes there's processes that we're doing that maybe we could do better to stop it from happening. Where did we lose this? I mean, we, you know, when I grew up, uh, you know, I guess maybe I was taught or trained, you know, to respect my elders and to always, you know, give 100%. And any obligation that you would make, you would feel you had to follow through on. And if not you'd have to make good on it or at least make a phone call. And today in the world of texting, it's, it's, it's easy to do. It's probably the coldest form of communications, uh, but, but, it's, but it's easy to do. Jonathan, what went wrong or what is wrong? I think we have to look at the, the, the big picture. Uh, when we're, we're looking to hire you know, a well-qualified uh, candidate, so I'm going to go on the other side of the skills uh, spectrum, you know, not the entry level, but you know, maybe a, an A technician or a, a very you know, high-qualified individual. Um, typically, we, we're finding that we're getting these individuals from, from dealerships. You know, so they're working at a BMW store, they're working at a Mercedes store. They already have a job. So some level of unhappiness or, or, or disgruntledness is sparking their interest in wanting to, to look for other opportunities and maybe just, you know, a little bit of interest, but when they, they come across our ad and, and they begin the, you know, interviewing process, um, we have to look for ways to overcome, you know, that maybe that fear, maybe that level of comfort, you know, they have a job, they're working, you know, they have a paycheck, they, they have a, a career, but we have to provide them enough that they, you know, come aboard, right? Um, the times that we have been ghosted, we have found that at the very, very end stages, you know, we're almost there, we're like a, a day uh, before the start day or the, you know, the, the Friday before the Monday of the start date is where I'll get that, you know, that text message saying, Jonathan, uh, I'm not coming. Okay, so stop, let me, let me stop you for a moment. If that typically is what you feel is, oh my, that most critical time, would it be worth it to attempt to figure out on that Thursday to have a face-to-face? 
Yeah, that, that, that's a very, very good point. You know, and, and every, you know, the times that this has, it has happened, you know, it, it, you look at, at the whole process, you know, and you ask yourself, what could I have done better? What could I have done differently to avoid this outcome? You know, you're never going to, you know, eliminate all, all these happenings. I mean, there are, there are some uncontrollables, but you do try to eliminate all the controllables, right? So we have, uh, you know, put a very, very fast uh, yeah, application process or a very, very fast hiring process. I want that person, as soon as they give my, you know, give us their commitment, they want to come on board, I want that person here as you know, fast as possible. Let me ask all of you this. Uh, if, if you've lost someone to our term ghosting here, have you ever done any research to find out what happened? I, I've never, I did, the, the one time where it really hurt me, where I thought I'd hired a rock star service advisor, I kind of just like, okay, I'm not even going to follow where they went or what have you. I think they ended up just staying at their same job because I was actually, in the end, I was kind of hurt a little bit about what had happened um, from there. So I didn't follow up with You bring them. up such a great point, Peter. We are in a very low uh, unemployment. I don't know about in Canada, but here in the States, yeah, we're, we're, so it's the same. And any company is going to do anything in their power to keep the people that they have. If, if they're quote-unquote rock stars in your eyes, they're rock stars in their eyes. And they're going to pull out all the stops, if you will, right? The red carpet. And, uh, and, and you know, so if they're going to pull out the red carpet, what are you guys doing to pull out the red carpet? Now, it's a question I know, but I still wanted to find out the other answers to. Have you ever followed up, Carlo? Yeah, typically I, I try to. In the, in the ghosting process, they, they typically will, um, if it holds true, they just completely vanish. That You could try to track them down, text them, call them. You have no more communication. Um, in the, the 2018, we have quite a few new hires. Um, and in two cases, um, one for a shop assistant, we managed to get a hold of the individual and say, you know, hey, we thought we were going to be a good fit. And, and what happened? Funny answer was we didn't have a PlayStation room set up for this particular <laughs> individual. We didn't offer uh, an entertainment room. We're at lunch hour. He can go and get on his PlayStation gaming system and game. Uh, as weird as it sounds, that was his answer for for not uh, doing it. And he says, that's just part of who I am. The other gentleman, um, which was a technician we were trying to uh, onboard, um, he took back what we what we talked about in our interviews and, and how we do our interview. And he took back some of the comments that we had made to him and sat down with his manager. And his manager um, said that we're harder to try to keep him. And so he actually stayed at his prior job because of our interview. So... Um, However, um, he's now a keeper for as much as he, he, he disappeared on me. He's um, awaiting. If it doesn't work out at his current place again, he'll wait to come on board with us. So he's on your bench. He's on my bench. And he's on your bench because you followed through? I followed through. I tracked him down. Now, again, there are many situations I've lost count. They don't, they, you, you can't get a hold of them. So if you think you got a rock star, superstar, and they don't show... And we, we, we now learn to accept this. Okay, it's a real part of doing business. Don't give up. I guess that's the answer is don't, don't get pissed and get in the way and say, you know, you know, we always talk about burning bridges. This person would have burned a bridge. You would have made sure you lit the flame. And maybe the way Carlos says it is, let's not burn that bridge. It's just that how this, this, 
maybe we can teach this person that there's a there's an etiquette to you know to not taking the job but if they're that good and we can get this ghosting thing out of our way maybe maybe they should sit on our bench someday they'll they'll, they'll remember your interview they'll remember your conversations they'll remember your excitement and you just weren't a fit at that moment in time but who's to say it won't be a fit maybe eight months later and maybe they reach out to you again who knows it's about just keeping that touch point just with our customers. Now they go inactive, they disappear, but we somehow still market to them. Yeah, you keep contacting them if you can. If you've got a good relationship and they seem like a good fit, you, you go for it. Hey, I'm with Brian Weeks from ATC Auto Center. Hey, are your customers investing in Jasper? Absolutely. Um, and I think that uh, the biggest thing is, is in the world of automotive nowadays, uh, let's don't talk about parts and labor so much. You know, when you when you look at the mechanical side of it and look at the parts and labor side, you know, you're you're selling cu- the customer a transmission. But what you're really doing is selling peace of mind. So it's not hard convincing customers to invest in their vehicle. Uh, we don't feel like it is. Uh, we, we haven't really had an issue with that. You know, it's, it's not for everybody. And, you know, in certain situations, you may have uh, somebody that doesn't necessarily see that value, but it's our responsibility to show the value that Jasper has. It's not about your transmission is going to shift through all five gears now. It's more about you can take the kids to soccer this evening without having a problem. You'll be able to make it to work tomorrow without a problem. You can go on that vacation and not have a worry. That's what it's more about. And Jasper provides that so that we can offer that to the customer. Hey, Brian, thanks for your time. Carm, thank you. Carm here, and I'm with Repair Pale certified shop owner David Johnson of DJ Auto in Provo, Utah. Hello, Carm. How'd you hear about Repair Pale? Well, I'd seen them on the internet. Of course, uh, everyone's probably seen them on the internet by now. And then I was introduced to the, the girls gave me a call and said, hey, we want you to be part of our team. And uh, they introduced me to their program. And I think that was about two years ago. We've been members ever since. David, would you recommend Repair Pal to a friend? Of course. Yeah, we have uh, several repair pal shops in our within a mile's range of me, and all it can do is lift our industry. It, it gets everyone on the same page. Uh, it helps us to define who we are, what we offer, and it gives the, uh, the consumer the ability to be able to correlate with that, to say, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's what everyone's saying, and so I'm more comfortable now pulling the trigger on something that I may not have known had much information from before and thought I could get different answers from different places. So it's, it's a place where everything comes together and it's, it, it helps our industry. Let me go back to my red carpet question, Jonathan. Any ideas about how to roll out the red carpet uh, for at least a couple of weeks? Oh, and, and I just said the words a couple of weeks. I've been reading a lot lately that says, listen, forget this two-week thing. You know, he says, listen, I need you here in a week. And they may just say, oh, okay. <laughs> Instead of this typical two, because, you know, they're usually saying bye to you. They've already said bye to you within a week, but they won't tell you for another week, right? So talk, talk to me about a red carpet idea. Yeah. So I'd like to, you know, build the excitement uh, moving up to the start date. You know, so for instance, you know, uh, the, the days leading up to it, you know, if you set up their, their future space, you know, like to send them a text message and kind of get them as engaged and as involved, even they're at a different, you know, at their current job and then they're winding that down, you know, make them as feel as part of the, of the team, as part of the family as possible, as soon as possible, you know, just to get the most, um, you know, 
bucks in the bank with them to, to tilt those skills. You know, the, the more emotion you create, the more feelings you create, the more connection you create, the, the lesser chance you, know, you will get a ghost. Have you ever found out that that work that you did paid off? The ones that I guess all the ones that, that, that actually showed up, uh, I have to say that those were, those were victories, right? You know what I would love, guys, is go to the people that you've hired, say, within the last year and say, did it ever come close to, to you not showing up? That'd be a good question, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'd be scared to ask that question. That would be, yeah. <laughs> Tell them, because, you know, as we as our company grows and we want to hire superstars, we want to be sure that they show up because they, they need to be on your team, our team, my team. Right. And uh, is there anything I could learn from that? You must know friends who accept <laughs> and don't show. <laughs> you know, right. maybe maybe instead of instead of putting up, you know, the you know warning sign on ghosting, we need to go out and say, hmm, we're, we're going to be smarter than ever before. We know it exists and we're going to we're going to play the game around it. I think also as as independents, you know, we can create that emotional connection, you know, with a person. You know, if if a a candidate is is uh, comparing, you know, us as a workplace, uh, and they're comparing job offers maybe from some other franchise dealers, you know, the franchise dealers will never be able to create that that emotional connection with that person. So there's where we can, you know, set ourselves above and you know, above the competition and and you know win that that candidate over. Well, so uh, people are coming over for what reasons? Why why are they coming to work for you? Is culture big in in that decision? I believe so. I believe culture is is very very big. You know, again, something that you know we can offer a lot and be very very strong on. Uh, whereas you know a, a franchise dealer, they may be able they may be able to offer you know the highest uh, you know budgets, the highest of tooling equipment and so forth. I mean, you're never going to compare you know a BMW dealership's uh, work uh, budget versus ours, but we can offer those human touches. We can offer those that that strong people appreciation and culture that you know that they can never offer that no matter how much money they have a name not a number that's right now would that come up in your interview it will yeah absolutely some of the questions that that we ask you know why are you considering another employee why are you considering leaving you know we, we look for those those key uh you know questions you know where they, they lack appreciation they lack you know being appreciated they lack uh you know feeling that they have a purpose you know there's not a number so let's talk about this hiring process, Carlo. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of old things that we continue to do, and there's some new things that we should be thinking about. Again, from my experience this past year, which was uh, sort of my learning lesson, is you know, there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast who have, and I've heard, some phenomenal interview processes. Um, and, you know, you take from it, and yeah, if old ways, you know, starting right from the job ad that we, that we place, you know, need a, need apprentice, you know, full-time hours, blah, blah, blah. Uh, those ads um, already start the person going, eh, I don't really think I'm going to show. Maybe I'll phone them and then I'll sort of go somewhere else. So from the ad, that consistent message has to go all the way through right into the interview process. Um, our interviews were very sort of question, answer, background, to now our interviews are very social, very uh, big picture, big culture. Where do you see yourself in three to five years? What do you want out of life? Um, type questions in the interview process. And physically, the interview process, you know, how we walk into the shop, when we walk through the shop, when do I go to my office? How do we sit down? We got rid of the desk. We sit beside each other. Um, so that whole process got an overhaul because 
I got ghosted, no-showed so many times that I thought something's got to give. So those are some of the, the, the tips that I stole from other industries. This is not just us. I talk to people in the banks, um, finance, the computer industry, um, all clients of mine who all have the exact same problem. And these are just tips that they brought to me from their industries. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, the last uh, couple of hires I, I've had to do um, last year was really more selling the culture of what we are and what our business is and represents. We're still a family-owned business, second generation. Um, this is how we do things, you know, lunch every second Friday on payday for everybody. We have a lot of fun. We do all these things. We go down to Seattle every year for the weekend to uh, ATE conference. We we do all these really cool things and and uh, really just create like the culture, like the pay is the pay, full-time hours, of course, all those things that's all matchable by anybody else or beatable by anybody else. As Jonathan mentioned, um, you've got you've to show that culture. And same like with Carlos says, the hiring process is totally different. Your ad has to be completely unique. It can't just be that basic old post needed service technician, you know, certified full-time hours, bonus available, that sort of stuff. You've got to show like, are you this kind of a person? Do you like working in this environment? Do you like working with these kinds of people? Are you interested in being part of a family operation? You nail all that stuff down and then they, they check off those boxes. Yes, 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 yes. I want to be part of that company. And you get them in and, and a much more social interview process uh, is what we do too. I actually do a, a multi-person interview I uh, have four or five candidates. We sit around in a, in a circle. I've got my business co-chair. We kind of all ask questions of each other all around. Um, and it becomes uh, less formal, a lot more react, uh, reactive. And you kind of get to know personalities a little better that way too. So you did, find did out. Did you say you do a roundtable interview with job candidates? Yeah, we had, uh, the last time I had five candidates all around in a circle. We set it up in the Bay uh, for my service advisor hiring. Of course, this is the one that ghosted on me. <laughs> but it was a great process. Um, and a lot of people were really interested. And, and what actually ended up happening is um, four of the five candidates like, reached out to me at the end of that night that they really wanted, they really liked that process, thought it was super cool, and were really looking forward to having the opportunity. To work Did it them. feel like a competition? Well, I tried really hard to not make it feel like a competition, but obviously, you know, when they come in, um, they understand that they're fighting for their, you know, their opportunity for job there. So they got to put on their best face, which they got to do every day when they come into the office to the service advisor. Anyway, so I need to make sure they can do that, right? So it puts a cool atmosphere. In an SA's role, I could see that, you know, you would want to see who would cream up. But, you know, I think of having five technicians in a, in a group and they don't normally speak people. It could be a little different. <laughs> could, could be, Possibly. could be, could be different. Putting some undue pressure. I think it's a creative and a unique idea. I really do. Uh, old yeah. style out, new style in. Jonathan, anything? Uh, you know, we, we like to do a an actual working interview, um, specifically with our, our technicians. So we want to to see how. You know, I, I like to refer to our shop more like a, a rock and roll uh, environment. Uh, so it's very high pace, very high, high uh, energy. So you know, we apart from the technical skills, we need to make sure that the person is going to fit within you know, uh, in our in our own culture. You know, with that with that high pace, high energy, and that everybody will, would like that. Uh, we have music uh, playing pretty loud in the back. I mean, it's more like a, a pump house environment 
So I like to bring him in. I like him to spend the entire day with us. I like for him to get acclimated and first of all, make sure he likes it, you know, make sure he likes, you know, being in that type of environment. Um, you know, that's going to be a, a number one kind of indication whether you know, that's going to be a, a good fit. Um, we also like to see, you know, how that person uh, multitasks, you know, we'll, we'll basically throw him in the deep end. Uh, we'll see how well he swims. You know, we'll, we'll, you know, he won't be working on any cars. He'll be shadowing somebody, but <clears throat> We'll give him as much, you know, just activity and much, um, as much work as possible just to see how he you know, reacts to, you know, a whole bunch of things coming at him at, at one time. So, again, it's just it's unique, I think, uh, maybe to our culture and that rock and roll environment. But uh, that's something that we like to, to do just to make sure it's going to be love good. It. A rock and roll environment. How cool. Who would have thought we would ever come up with that on a town hall academy? I love it. Thank you. Were there any warning signs that you could take away from those interviews from someone who did not show up? warning signs for me i think uh when i the first person that ghosted me uh in in uh february when i was rehiring for a service advisor actually didn't get any signs the second person i started to have some flags because i got ghosted two in a row uh trying to hire a service advisor um but uh i followed through the process even though I thought it was going to be but the signs were you know I need to think about it a little bit a couple of days I'm like uh, I should have got a commitment from that person right then and there um, uh, for me that was the biggest one I think the biggest sign is as soon as they weren't ready to commit right away I was like oh I probably should have realized that they probably weren't going to stick around they should have continued on with you me. offered the job and they said I have to think about it yeah, and they wanted more than a couple of days to think about it, which was a mistake on my end. Obviously, I learned now. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, I'll give you 24 hours. I, I should have made it less desperate sounding on my side. Maybe I was a little desperate because I was shocked by the first no-show. Is that the first or the second interview? Oh, the second interview. Because actually this person was part of the original group interview that I had done. Okay. And then I went and did a private interview with him afterwards. Okay, when so the other guy didn't show so you, it was in the second interview that you offered the job. And that was after the group. Yes. And I'm, I'm narrowing down some common sense and logic here, Peter. And when that, when that person said, I have to think about it, that meant that, he, that it, it may have been a, a decision that the significant other would have had to make with them. Yeah. Well, he was a, a single, he was an older gentleman, uh, um, single at the time. But yeah, he, he obviously had some thinking to do, I suppose. He didn't accept the job at that time. He did accept the job a few days later, but then he ended up ghosting on me, right? So, or not showing up on the Monday. He sent me a text message on the Sunday night or something like that. Interesting. I, I want to hold a uh, hold of the ideas about any warning signs and ask Carlo and Jonathan, um, how many times do people say, I need to think about your job offer? by the second or third interview or are they saying great let's do this i think most of the time and for for what's happened last past year and stuff by the time i'm at the second interview it's a contract signed and we're committed um it doesn't go too much farther after that they're uh, they're usually bought into the process they're uh, they're uh, they're on board it doesn't mean that they're still not going to disappear turn into a no show uh on day 1 which has happened um, but by the time I make the second phone call for commitment and signing off, they're, they're pretty much in. Before I get to you, Jonathan, Peter, when the person said to you, uh, hey, I need to think about it, what was your next question? 
My next question was, how long do you need to think about it? In reality, I probably should have said, okay, I'll give you 24 hours or let me know by 10 a.m. the next day or something like that. Um, that was my first reaction. Could you have said what's holding you back? Yeah, absolutely. There's a multitude of things that went through my mind after the fact. Yeah, I know. And this is the woulda, coulda, shoulda. This is the post-mortem yeah. that we seem to suffer. You know, and we yeah. beat ourselves up by saying, oh, damn, I should have done this. And Oh, yeah, it's the same. Well, it's the service advisor jobs, you know, like, okay, what's, why aren't you doing this job today? What's holding you from making this decision? Is it financing? Is it timing? Is it what have you, right? Getting rid of the car. It's, it's all the same stuff. You've got to do the same sales techniques, I guess, when you're hiring somebody, right? Building on, on Peter's comments about the, the salesmanship, it's exactly what, uh, you know, us as owners uh, are doing during the interviewing process is we're putting our, our, our sales, our best salesperson hat on and we're, we're selling our shop. We're selling our, our, uh, us our, ourselves are selling us, you know, and we're selling us to that potential customer, which is the uh, the applicant, you know. So we need to, um, you know, be very very uh, thorough in following up, very very thorough in you know making the process as as fast as possible, you know, so that you don't have that, that you know buyers uh, the buyers cold feet like you know if, if a buyer is considering buying a product, uh, the longer the longer you wait, the more distance that goes, you know, the least likely you're gonna. You know, hire that person. You know, uh, warning signs. I think just a lack of communication. You know, if, if you're, you know, sending uh, texts or you're sending emails and you know you're not getting, you know, fast responses, that, that's a good warning sign. Yeah, to me that would be. Uh, would you ever ask the candidate what's the best way that we're going to communicate over the next two weeks? You know, yes, I always like to communicate the way that that person communicates with me first. So if that if that person is sending me an email, I'm, I'm probably most likely going to reply back and forth via email of that person's contacting me via text. But don't take that for granted, my point you're is. You're right. Oh, you're right, yeah. My no, point it, is, is it's almost like you need to have this, oh, they said yes, and now you've got to go down your question sheet. And your question sheet or your comment, your comments, is to put a bow on it. That's right. <laughs> you're, That's right. you're doing everything that you put. Knowing that ghosting exists and it's, it's, it's bad, it's probably worse than it's ever been before, how do we help prevent it? By the moves we make minute one. That's correct. That's correct. What are some of those? I really think it's it's engaging, you know, building as much enthusiasm, building as much excitement. I mean, this is you you sell it as an opportunity, you know, you don't sell it as I need somebody, you know, to work uh, with us. You sell it as an opportunity. You, know, you build that excitement, you you sell your shop and I think the more excitement, the more engagement you create, the again, the more chances, the more probability are you're going to be bringing somebody aboard. If you can, if you can sell that opportunity and show people like the culture in my shop, you know, this is a, a rare opportunity that I'm going to be hiring somebody. We have people that have been working for us for 10 years or six years. They don't leave when they come and work for us. Uh, so here's your chance to be in a place where you can feel at home and stay there for a while. You've got to really create, you know, that the comfort for the person, right? And if they're looking for another job, like you said earlier, Jonathan, you know, they're working at the dealership there's some sort of a pain point that they've got that's making them out. They're looking for something. So what can you do to take away the pain and, uh, and bring that to them and create it? So uh, you can show them, you know, stability, a really cool environment to work in all the coolest tools that we've got, or, you know, we never hold back on buying a tool if that's what we need to do the job. So they always feel comfortable that they can do whatever they need to do to do the job effectively. So Carlo, it's not just they don't show up in the first two weeks. Sometimes we lose people in the first 30, 60, 90 days. So I, I always phrase it as it's a, it's a ghosting during the interview, 
um, sort of hiring process. And then I, uh, I term them as no-shows. So, um, yeah, we have had um, – God, I'm I'm getting good at all these uh, processes, but yeah, we've had the whole interview, the hire, the commitment, the locker deal, the uniform, and they start day one, or they could be here for a week, and at lunch hour, they just vanish. And I'm not kidding about the lunch hour, and I guarantee there's people listening to this. Um, I've had apprentices at lunch hour just go for lunch and never come back, leave their tools behind. I've I've had a toolbox here. For two three months before they even came back, even think of picking it up again. So they uh, they'll they'll no show. There are older demographic technicians and employees, apprentices, whatever you have, will typically say, "Hey, boss, I need to talk to you." And this is what it is. There's a different generation that we're dealing with that. That's how they break up with their girlfriend. That's how they let their mom know that they're not happy with them. They just don't say anything. So. No showing is is just going to be a normalcy again, depending on the age of the person that you're dealing with. In my case, it's always been that younger age generation, um, th- that twenties to thirty fives, um, where that's just reality for them. Like they just walk away. Is maturity a factor here or not? I believe so. I think you know I've got some young staff members here that you know are superior. Like they, they're 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 really dedicated to the company, and I've had a lot of young people that. Yeah, they, they've been handheld. They've been pat on the back a lot. And I'm not knocking an age generation. I'm just stating that um, my research and, and my background has shown me that, yeah, that different age generation acts a little differently. And it's not a positive or a negative. Um, there are positive sides to it too. They've, they teach owners. Um, you know, one of the comments um, is about, you know, when we're doing the interview process, we want to onboard them really quickly and stuff like that. And, you know, that stimulates them to say, well, I'm going to go quit up my next job and I'm going to go on board with you. You guys are awesome. I don't necessarily agree with that. That means you'd do that. This, me too. You'd walk away from my business in a week, in a couple of days. That always you know, concerns me, yes. Yeah, part of my interview process is I'd like you to give two weeks notice. Oh, I'll quit tomorrow and I'm going to go join. No, no, no. You have a a moral obligation to that owner to go through and give your two weeks notice. If you choose not to, if he fires you the next morning, that's, I understand that, but you have a, a, an ethical obligation to give him two weeks and an opportunity to find somebody else. And I granted that owner is going to give his head a shake and go, I got to go fix this. And if I lose him because of that, great, but he'll always stay with me. But I, I, it, it, it limits the potential of him turning into a no-show in my company. I'm hiring somebody who would jump ship from someone else so fast, he'd do the same thing to me. So why don't we weed that out in the interview process? Because if he says, if he's willing to commit to jump that fast, what's he going to do to my company as well? And it's also, you know, I, I look at Tom's comment there. It speaks about, you know, candidates' maternity and honesty and responsibility when they know show. I also flip that the other way around and say, well, how mature was the owner in the interview process? How responsible were we at selling our business? Did we talk about business culture in the interview and do we sold him all this stuff? And then he comes in the first 30 days and he's like, this sucks. Owner never talks to me. He never appreciated me. He never even said, thank you for showing up to work on time for the first week. Are we responsible for maybe his no-show? Because that's just not the, that, that generation wants to be appreciated. No different than someone who's been with us for 10 years says, boss, I need to talk to you. You know, it's not because of money. You got to deliver what you sell, right? 
it's a consistent brand from the moment we put the ad out to the moment they put their boots on the ground in our shop. It is a consistent brand. And the moment you drop the ball, they smell it. So you, you hit the home run right out of the ballpark, Carlo. I mean, basically, you're going to go out and sell culture. And probably by day two, they realized that you were just woofing stuff just to try to recruit them. Because yep. because your place doesn't feel it does you know even your people aren't talking the same stuff you were talking inside that office. Yeah, it's exactly when your interview process when you're dealing with these individuals. If you're concerned about ghosting, hey, solutions. I can only speak for myself. It used to be sit down, owner, uh, interviewer, do the interview. This is great. Hey, take a quick second tour around my shop. Now it's the other way around. It's a tour of the shop. Hey, here's my lead tech. How long have you been here for Corey? Oh, twenty five years. You think it's any good here? I love it here. Great. Let's go to the next guy, Apprentice. He's only been here for six months. You like it here? Oh, my God. He's already got me in the apprenticeship program. And he already bought me tools. And this is awesome. Great. Now let's go do the interview. I've already done the sales pitch. Now let's go talk about the details. I've solidified it. And my people have said that we're good. So let's go the other way around versus, you know, let's do the interview and then show up on day one and hope that my staff are all on board. And again, I'd probably pick that up probably from a podcast somewhere in the past, I've picked that up. Yeah. What about the fact that you, you hired this person, they come in part of, part of uh, what do we do about ghosting is here comes the person, they show up on day one, but you've already met with the team and says, Hey guys, you know, in the past we've done, made some great hires and they haven't shown up. I need you to be part of the keeper thing here. <laughs> we want this person to stay and I'm not going to put words in your mouth and I'm not going to tell you what to do, but, you know, that person's going to get a feel of our personality, our place in our culture on day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six. Guys, I need your help. There's always a smartass who says, are you going to last more than a day to the new candidate? <laughs> yeah, the, the last guy lasted 24 hours. You can only be here longer. It, it, there's always a smart, smart, smart Alec in my, in, in, in my group here. So, but yeah, it, you've got to, it's not. It's not. I feel that I feel it's just not the same anymore. Where we put a tech in place and away you go. I think it's if your team, culture, business. We talk culture a hundred thousand times. If they don't help you onboard that person, he's a no show. Especially young ones. We've talked about apprenticeship programs, and we have lots of youth coming into the automotive industry. Lots of them are potential advisors. Don't think of them just as an apprentice. You know, you onboard this person because he wants to be a tech. But maybe in that interview process, you're thinking. This guy's got stars for being an advisor. So why don't we open his dream ability up in the interview process to say, maybe you could even be an advisor with us and look at the potential. He's thinking, wow, there's a great opportunity here. But when we onboard them, we have horrible retention problems. So it, it, that leads to this whole no-show. But the ghosting process is, is um, disappearing during the middle of the interview process is um, partly responsible of, of how we actually go through the motions. You just open up a can of worms by saying retention. It's a big problem. Uh, again, you've got lots of people on these podcasts that have talked about it and they're absolutely right on the button. We got lots of people. Our, our apprenticeship programs are packed with apprentices, full to the gills. We got lots of people. They don't last. Yeah, there's a 50% drop off after second year in BC. I'm sure it's the same in Ontario for you. Especially the kids coming out of post-secondary college. Um, that That's the number down here. When you look at the individuals who just disappear they're and i sort of maybe disagree with independent versus dealer you know when you talk to some of the young people dealers offer a lot why do they ghost on us and sometimes the dealers get them the dealers are 
dumb. Their HR departments are selling them the brand, not the dealer. They're selling them BMW. Hey, you know what? Why don't you come in board? You'll be an apprentice and then a tech. Then we can bring you into corporate services. Maybe you can go to corporate head office. Maybe you can be a master level trainer in the corporation. Like, like the opportunity for, for, for those young people is huge in the dealer world. It's also huge in ours. Who's just got the better sales pitch and, the, and, and stands behind it when it actually happens? And I, and I think what you just said, it's the brand that they're getting sold, the brand. And so you've got to look seriously in the mirror and at your company and realize the strength of your brand. <laughs> Albeit, it's a local brand, but it needs to be the biggest and the bestest and the strongest in your marketplace. You need to be want to be the, the go-to brand for whatever that person's selling their services to you, be it service advisor, technician. It's interesting that we just was chatting last night. Uh, um, I was out with a few other shop owners. We were watching another live webinar. And uh, one of them has hired an Audi technician um, last year. And uh, that guy has fallen in love with what, where he's working. And he really loves working for this shop. And and, and he's in contact with his other uh, uh technicians friends that were working at the dealership with them and uh, you know they're really interested in wow this is really a better environment and you're enjoying it a whole lot um and uh and he his shop is growing in the euro department and he understands he's got to build a culture um um to get there and these guys are coming to visit and, and i think they're looking at the shop and they're like oh this isn't quite like it's not all this white tile and beautiful and stuff like that that's where he wants to go um, with his culture and in, in, in his Euro branding of his business, but he's not there yet. So the guys are coming, they're hearing it all from, from the technician that it's great. This is what we do. This is what we go and they go and, and they don't quite have the look there yet. So these guys are maybe that I go, I don't know if I necessarily want to come work here yet or not. Um, so the the brand of Audi or BMW or or Ford, even you know the the beautiful big open shops, beautiful places, you've got to also look the same too, right? You've got to make sure you you have the look as well as the culture and the feel and and the environment. But uh, you, you've got to look the part too. The guys, the the technicians are looking for that career. They they want to wear the white coats and look, you know, work on the high end stuff. That's what they come in thinking they're going to do. And so you got to make them believe that, right? Can I add uh, something to this as well? You know, uh, Carlo, you mentioned uh, about these HR departments uh, at these dealerships. You also have to realize that um, those are a competition. Those HR professionals, I mean, those are highly trained people that hire people every single day. I mean, that's all they do all day long. So they're very, very well-skilled and well-developed in the hiring process. So, you know, us as owners, we have to recognize that. We have to, you know, up our game. We have to, you know, uh, develop our uh, HR skills, our hiring skills, so that we can, you know, be on par and, and, and be at that level as well. Guys, anybody have a professional HR company that you work with? I've worked in the past, with one when we were originally started developing things through one of the um, management groups that I belong to, uh, non-automotive group, there was an HR person that helped sort of understand there is a process for the interview and um, we were just burning through staff here quite a bit. So we did bring in some outside uh, support to help job descriptions and paperwork and contracts and, and how to um, deal with um, when, when they do something wrong. So putting a formalization, uh, like an SOP, uh, we brought them in for, for that. 
um, I've talked to individuals, like I said, HR people that are uh, for people just no showing and ghosting, and that and the, that's where the comment comes from. This is not just our business; this is across the board. Everybody's having the same problem. Yeah, I have a business coach that we've developed the hiring process when I had to, and uh, same idea: some SOPs, job descriptions. The job ad helped me develop all of that with that. So not necessarily an outside HR, but your business coach, you know, generally has skills to help you with this as well and resources. Jonathan, a professional HR uh, company at all? No, no, we, we, we do everything here now. So we haven't had any experiences with any, uh, with any companies. Um, just we look to, you know, be our very, very best. I mean, we have to. Yeah. Kind of reminds me that maybe we should do a, a Tunnel Academy uh, with a couple of professional HR people. Um, I, I do know that uh, Kevin Eckler reached out to me this week and said that they made a monumental move and hired a, a an HR professional to help them uh, stay legal and you know and define their their processes. And yeah, there's nothing like something happens inside and what do I do next? And everything, every decision you make that involves HR, you have to worry about the legality side of it. And uh, you've, you've got to be able to get some advice from from somewhere. I've so enjoyed this. I think we've opened up a lot of eyes. Um, I found an article from Elizabeth McCloyd. Her mom is um, Lisa McCloyd. I've read a couple of her books. And she talked about this whole, you know, a little bit about ghosting. And uh, she said, you know, don't treat us like a number. Return on investment is not enough for, a, you know, she's a millennial. She She wants to be part of a team. And she, she wrote something here that I, th- I have to share with you. I think is the, the, the power piece. Culture is more than free Panera. I, we, we talk about culture so much on the podcast. There's so many, uh, so many episodes that are dedicated to it. And, you know, frankly, we did a show on leadership last week. Then we wanted to be able to lift the industry by making better leaders of us all. And 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 I and I think it will help absolutely. And then the next piece is I think we have to build better cultures inside of our company. And and I think if we do, then your sales pitch in the hiring process and in the retention piece um, probably works better. I want to give all of you an opportunity to you know go around the room. Any last final comments? Any great things that you picked up that you'd like to share? And I think Peter, you may have a story to tell us. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things I think that we also need to, when we talk through the process is um, we are in a small community of industry. And uh, I don't know about uh, the other shop owners here, but I, all my shop owner friends around me locally, um, it's a small industry. I ended up, have, went to a college to a hiring fair, was going to hire a, a co-op apprentice. And another friend of mine who, who uh, manages a number of shops was also there and uh we interviewed a couple guys and we ended up, you know, parting ways that day. And I hired my guy and, and I guess he hired his and, and, uh, my guy showed up and he was working and he was a good kid. I, I had him for two sessions of 16 weeks and, uh, and he went off, I think he's working in, in another job, um, which was okay. That was the plan anyways, as far as that was concerned. And, uh, six months down the road or so I, I ran into my friend Lloyd and I said, Hey, how was your hire when we were at the thing? And he's like, Oh, you know what? The guy didn't show up. I thought he was going to go because I hired him at the local uh, Delta location. And I was like, oh, really? Delta? And that happens to be where this kid was from. It turned out that the kid had actually accepted jobs at both of our positions and ended up working for me instead of him. Um, and so <clears throat> that was in between his uh, – because how the program worked is 16 weeks with me, uh, 16 weeks in school, back another 16 weeks with me. 
And he came in for a second round of 16 weeks with me. I was like, hey, just so you know, Lloyd, uh, you know, is a friend of mine. And we had a discussion and, and he didn't show up for his job. You know, you can't do that in this industry. It's a small industry. So um, he knows that he's got to be better on his foot in his next jobs now. But I think, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of areas that have the same thing. I don't know, Jonathan and Carlo. I think Carlo's got the same idea in Ontario there where they have a good strong knit community. Um, we know all the different technicians and different service advisors that work within. Um, you got to make sure you're uh, you're on top of your game as an employee that you're not uh, screwing the employers because word gets around. So if you know them all, Peter, where are you getting your new recruits? Outside of industry, my my newest service advisor is a culinary manager at a at a big chain Italian restaurant, and uh, um, and he's been really great, a, a real calming influence. You know, the hustle bustle of a kitchen. It's the same thing in a shop, and uh, and and he's been real good, and he's learning quickly. Um, he started in March, April first, um, uh, and it's uh, and it's been a great experience. I had some tremendous growth this year with him. Uh, as being a big part of it. Yeah. Jonathan, any final words for us? Yeah, my, I think my favorite things uh, here were, you know, never give up. You know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And at the end of the day, for whatever reason, ultimately, it just it wasn't meant to be. Okay. Um, I like uh, uh, Carlo and Peter's comments about, you know, keep in contact with that person. You know, maybe it may come alive again in six months, maybe come alive in 12 months. You know, um, that person may be of use. You know, maybe you have a technical issue. The guy's at a dealership. He, you know, you, you may be able to at least uh, build your relationship with that person, become more friendly, and he may help you. You know, so um, always look at the positives in that. Um, you know, see, see what can come out of it. Uh, just never give up, though. Thanks for bringing the idea to me, too, by the way, on this. You know, a lot of the stuff that we cover on the Tunnel Academy comes from the industry and and suggestions from from my listeners and my friends. Carlo, I'll give you the final word. Uh, just when it comes down to ghosting, it's keep your message clear from start to finish. Um, be excited all the way through the process and stay in communication with them. And um, remember that it happens to everybody else. And that's rule number one for an owner is always be hiring. So if two or three or in my case, nine don't show, then keep going. Everybody's got the same problem. So just stay on it. Thank you. I, I learned a lot. Uh, I think we, uh, we did a great service to our industry. And uh, you all, thanks again and have a great weekend. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 